From Brown Cow Studios in Montana, this is News Nerds, the news podcast. The 2020 U.S. election was resolved last Saturday when Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, his vice president, made history. Joe Biden will be serving in the White House for the next four years, starting on January 20th. Donald Trump has not conceded this election, but it is clear that Joe Biden has won this election. Also on this week's episode, the By the Numbers segment, we check in with the coronavirus pandemic, which is devastating the world. Some new geographical location challenge results. the state of Virginia is still in first place. Tell your friends in your state to step up, listen to news nerds, and maybe your state will climb up and beat Virginia in its record of having first place for a million bajillion years. And we also have Book Nook back. We review, I review another book, the Flavia de Luz mystery series. I reviewed the first book and I learned that it is a 10 book series by Alan Bradley, available where books are sold. I'm Ezra Graham, and you are listening to News Nerds, the news podcast. It's time for a book nook. We haven't had a book nook in a very long time because of the U.S. election, but now that that is over, we can resume this book nook segment. I just found out, or just a couple, maybe a month ago, that the Flavia de Luce mystery series, I hope I'm saying her rat- last name correctly, some people say it differently than me, has, a, a, it's a 10-book series. I reviewed the book The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie by Alan Bradley. He is a great Canadian author, and the, are, there are more. I have read the first three. The first three are called The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie. The second one is called The... Weed That Strings the Hangman's Bag, and the third is called A Red Herring Without Mustard. Now, these book titles are all from uh, different quotes that uh, have been taken out of famous literature by Alan Bradley. The next one I am about to read is called I Am Half Sick of Shadows, and he has other books, uh, memoir, I believe, and it's a 10-book series. I think it's a ten, 9 or 10-book series. There's also an e-book special. And I was fortunate enough to get some of the final books, so I am very excited to read these. One thing that really stands out to me of this series is that the author does never, ne- never runs out of new ideas. You often see that when you are reading a book, a series, The first book is always the best, and then the second and third or fourth is kind of a flop because the author has not found any new ideas to put into that book. But this is not true with this series. There's always some new new ideas, new murders in these books, and I feel that the second or third was even better than the first. It just keeps getting better as you read. And it's a great mystery series. It's an adult book. It's it's kind of out of print right now, but you can always you can find it used and maybe at your public, uh, ra- I mean public library. I found these books at my public library. It is the sweetness at the bottom of the pie, the first book, and the author is Alan Bradley. He is a Canadian author that has written the Flavia de Luz mystery series. 
It's about a girl who loves chemistry, and she is kind of misunderstood in these books. She is in a small town called Bishop's Lacey at a mansion called Buckshaw. Uh, her mother died, unfortunately, in a mountaineering accident, and her sisters are very mean to her. Along the way, she meets new people and solves these mysteries before the police, which are quite dumb people, actually considering how Flavia always, uh, always cracks the code and solves the puzzle in these books. They're very good. That's the Flavia de Luce mystery series. Saturday, the president-elect Joe Biden and his running mate Kamala Harris won the presidency. This is according to the Associated Press and major news companies. Right now, the Associated Press says that Joe Biden has 290 electoral votes and Donald Trump has only 217. In the president election, you need 270 to win and Joe Biden has gone over that. Not performing as well as Trump in the 2016 election, but there are still critical states to be called, like Georgia and North Carolina. We'll talk about all this in this breakdown of the 2020 election. On Saturday, the vice president, former vice president Joe Biden won the presidency along with his vice president Kamala Harris, the first woman and first black woman to have that major role, the second highest uh, appointment in the land. And we learned that Alaska has been called for President Trump yesterday. That only has three electoral votes, but that gave Trump a very small boost. 82% reporting in Alaska. As we expected, California and other states on the West Coast that have traditionally gone to Democrats and went to Hillary Clinton in 2016 have gone to President-elect uh, Joe Biden overwhelmingly. Uh, especially with California, which is a very democratic or blue state. And in Arizona, it was a seat that Joe Biden actually flipped this year in the presidential election. Hillary Clinton did not manage to keep that state blue. Um, and other states like Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and it looks like Georgia will also be flipped from red to blue. Georgia is reporting 99% of their votes in. There will likely be a recount, says their Secretary of State. And Joe Biden is only winning there by 14,000 votes, or 0.3%. Now, this is all according to the Associated Press, which we depend on for our election coverage. And North Carolina, the other state that has not been called in this presidential election, is probably going to go to President Trump. Uh, we know now that Trump has lost some ground there in the couple of days in the past couple of days and just in fact as I refresh the screen he has lost 0.1%. Right now the vote tally stands at Donald Trump 50% and Joe Biden 48.7%. So President Trump is only leading by 1.3%. And that all is all the states that have not been called until recently Alaska had not been called but I think yesterday, Alaska was called in favor of President Trump, which was not a very big surprise to many uh, people. And the Blue Wall, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania have gone to Joe Biden. 
In 2016, Hillary Clinton narrowly lost those states, and those states gave Trump a major, a major uh, downfall there. Uh, all those states combined gives uh, Joe Biden, actually gives him 46 electoral votes. That was a great boost for Joe Biden just in those three states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. And Arizona, 11 electoral votes. Georgia is 16 electoral votes. If, in fact, Joe Biden wins Georgia, which is what it is looking like, they will, they will probably have a recount, but a recount really can't change 14,000 votes. Um, and the the state of Georgia has 16 electoral votes, so in, if, in fact, Joe Biden wins that, he'll be at 306 electoral votes. And that will uh, give him a significant lead against President Trump. Let's now move to the Senate, where we know that Democrats were hopeful to get a majority in the Senate, but it was not a very good um, week for the the Democratic Party in the Senate. Georgia has two runoff elections in January. We expect to be covering that, too. And that could really decide who has the majority in the Senate. The Republican Party has 50 um, seats, and the Democrat Party has 46 seats. And we now know that the Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell will be leading that party, the Republican Party, if they are minority or majority. It's looking like they will be majority. And we're now moving to the House, where Democrats have maintained that majority, 218. They are now at 219 seats. And the Republican Party has flipped some seats, but still haven't, hasn't got that majority. 14 seats have not been called. The Republican Party has 202 um, seats. And the, the Democratic Party has 219 seats in the U.S. House. And we know that President Trump has not conceded this United States election, uh, and that means that President-elect Joe Biden will not be receiving some crucial uh, benefits of the the other candidate conceding in the election, like intelligence briefings. Uh, so until President Trump concedes this presidential election, Joe Biden will not be receiving intelligence briefings. Here is the latest of the news. The Biden administration uh, has named the 13 members of the COVID-19 task force that they have recently put together, and these include the following. The task force co-chairs are Vivek Murthy, Surgeon General during the Obama administration, David Kessler, former FDA commissioner under Presidents George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton, Marcella Nunes-Smith, Associate Dean for Health Equity Research at the Yale School of Medicine in New Haven, Connecticut. These are the, the task force members as follows. Zeke Emanuel, Chair of the Department of Medical Ethics and Health Policy at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. Atul Gawande, a surgeon at Boston-based Brigham and Women's Hospital and a professor at Harvard Medical School. Michael Osterholm, Director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. Rick Bright, 
former director of the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, Eric Goosby, Global AIDS Coordinator under former President Barack Obama and Professor of Medicine at UCSF School of Medicine, Celine Grounder, Gounder, Clinical Assistant Professor of Medicine and Infectious Disease is at New York University's Grossman School of Medicine. Julie Morita, Vice President of Executive Vice President of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Lois Pace, President and Executive Director of the Global Health Council. Robert Rodriguez, Professor of Emergency Medicine at the UCSF School of Medicine. Luciana Borio, former director for medical and biodefense preparedness on President Donald Trump's National Security Council. And there are two additional health experts that will serve as advisors in this COVID-19 task force. Um, these two are Rebecca Katz, director of the Center for Global Health Science and Security at Georgetown University Medical Center in Washington, D.C., and Beth Cameron former director for Global Health Security and Biodefense on the White House National Security Council during the Obama administration. The 2020 election has been a source of confusion for many people because President Trump has not conceded this U.S. election, but fellow Republicans have, like Karl Rove, who is the architect who of Bush's gubernatorial and presidential campaigns, and he is credited in helping Bush win his presidential election, and also Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. He endorsed Trump for a second term on CNN, and he said that Thursday after the race was called for Joe Biden on CNN, that, quote, we need to consider the former vice president as the president-elect, unquote. And also, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, as well as the Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker and Maine Senator Susan Collins. Many also are on this list of Republicans that have uh, congratulated Trump, I mean, Trump, I mean, not Trump, Biden and Harris on their defeat of President Trump in the presidential election, like Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, Nebraska Senator Ben Sass, and Oklahoma Senator James Langford. And that's all for this breaking news. <laughs> It's time for By the Numbers, where we check into the COVID-19 dashboard by the Center for Systems, Science, and Engineering at Johns Hopkins University. Let's start with the global deaths. There are currently about 1,200,000 global deaths because of COVID-19. Leading the world, we have the United States with 240,000 deaths because of COVID-19. And we also have Brazil with second most global deaths. Uh, they have 163,000 deaths. And third, India, 127,000. Fourth is Mexico with 95,000 deaths. With the global cases of COVID-19, we have 52 million. And that has gone up significantly since we checked in back uh, sec checked in a few weeks ago 
we haven't done by the numbers in a long time, so it's a, a good informative way to catch up on the current events in the world. With first in all the global cases, we have the United States, 10 million 300,000 cases just in the United States. And India has 8 million 600,000, Brazil has 5 million 700,000, and France has 1 million 900,000. These COVID-19 cases are the cumulative, the cumulative cases are focused mostly in the Americas and Europe. But Canada has very little red dots. If you go to the Johns Hopkins University dashboard, there is a cumulative cases dashboard with red dots showing the density of these COVID-19 cases. These are mostly uh, in the United States, Mexico, countries in South America, and in Europe. We see less of these red dots in Asia, Greenland, Africa, Australia, and Alaska. That's it for By the Numbers, where we check in to the COVID-19 dashboard by Johns Hopkins University. I want to note that some vaccine companies, like Pfizer, have reported some good news in their vaccine trials. Some of their vaccines that have been in trial for this whole year have uh, resulted in promising results, and this could be good news for the uh, for the government and the economy. The stock market went up in these after this announcement, but we will still have to live with masks and social distancing until this can be uh, given to large communities, and so that we can have uh, a large immune response to COVID nineteen. This new vaccine by Pfizer and other vaccine companies is expected to be in use by the end of this year and into the 2021 year. Also, we will have to see because these some of these vaccines have to be stored at particular temperatures and it will take a long time for these vaccine companies to make enough doses to give to everybody, resulting in a large immune response to COVID-19. That's it for this week's episode of News Nerds. Thank you for listening. We did not have any guests today, but we were covering the U.S. election. If you like this episode, please go to our website. That's newsnerdshost.wixsite.com slash podcast. And there you can find past episodes of News Nerds, Cow Pies, and other News Nerds extras. You can listen to episodes like my interview with Cindy Kristen. She is a librarian in Bozeman, Montana. Or Connor Metz, a worker at RVAT, Republican Voters Against Trump. If you are looking for something to spice up your day, listen to my interview with Amanda. She is a baker in the Montana area, and she has been baking her legendary bass cakes for a very long time. 
And please tell your friends about News Nerds. You can listen where you get the podcast, anchor.fm slash newsnerds, our website, Spotify, and newly Google Podcasts. Thank you so much. I'm Ezra Graham, and you have been listening to News Nerds, the news podcast.